Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with musician, producer, DJ Sagala, and we have a lovely chat. And don't expect this to be a chat full of electronic bangers. Far from it. There's some curveballs in this chat. And, uh, yeah, I caught up with him remotely. He was at his gorgeous studio. And uh, and we talk about that anyway. But I'll, I'll save the waffle, um, the, the pre-chat waffle, because we're going to get right into it in a minute. So just a few thank yous before we uh, we, we, we get into it. Big thanks to Scroobius Pip, everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Big love to 76 for producing this podcast. Huge love to you lot for supporting the pod. You know, we're, we're what, two and a half, nearly three years old now, and 380-odd uh, episodes in the can now. Um, yeah, try it. I'm still recording, you know, four or five episodes a week and just getting the privilege of sitting down with incredible creatives whether they be producers djs comedians you know musicians actors i've been so blessed and if this is your first time listening then when you finish this episode with sagala go and explore uh that back catalogue because you'll see you know i mean we, we discussed briefly uh fat boy slim on on this episode uh i had a great chat with norman cook uh, on this podcast, you can find that in the in the back catalogue. And yeah, producers, you can also hear me talking to Butch Vig, who I guess has been responsible for some of the the most influential and iconic rock productions of the last thirty years. You know, whether it be Nirvana's Nevermind, through to Siamese Dream by um, Smashing Pumpkins, through to Sonic Youth, etc. Um, and yeah, also you can hear me talking to the likes of. Ex Nirvana has he ever been? Has he ever been described as that? Ex Nirvana drummer Dave Grohl. You can hear me talking to the Foo Fighters. You can hear me talking to Motley Crue. Uh, you can hear me speaking to all manner of actors, whether that be Joe Hartley, Maxine Peake, Amanda Abington, Thomas Turgoose, Michael Smiley. The list goes on. So the best thing you can do is just go and have a little rummage. Go and have a little look in the archives. Subscribe, then you won't miss them because we drop two every week. Uh, and if you'd like to support the podcast, that's really easy. Just give us a like, love, share, or a retweet when you see us on the socials. A follow is always good. Uh, if you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast, that really helps. And if you're feeling super generous, I have a Patreon. That Patreon uh, will cost you a dollar a month. What's a dollar? 
It really, you know, it ain't a lot of money. 70 odd P a month. Uh, you get to watch all the episodes, all the videos to the episodes go up over there. Uh, you get a access to maybe another 300 shows that have never been released to the masses, uh, radio shows, all sorts of stuff over there. Uh, and we try and keep sort of consistent with, with what we put out each week over there. And so that dollar just goes in the pot to cover the production and, and, and all the bits and pieces that go to making this podcast what it is. Um, right, I think we're done. We can get on with the good stuff now. Please enjoy Off The Beaten Track podcast with a wonderful Sagala. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off the Beat and Track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The Cacao Bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So, One of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us to win bottles of stuff there's loads of exciting things coming soon and i can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the cacao bar from hotel chocolat all right let's get back to the podcast it's off the beat and track podcast on the distraction pieces network with me stew with him okay we are recording sigala how are you today What's going on? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Good, good, really good. good. Where, 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 where are you at? Is this a home studio? Is this a studio? Where, where, where's, where um, are you? Yeah, this is my main studio in uh, Tarliard in Kings Cross in nice. London. Nice, looks beautiful, yeah. man. Thanks, mate. Yeah, I've been here for many years now. I've been, uh, yeah. Been could, could you access that over the last sort of couple of years of madness? Mm, not really, no. So. I ended up just building a makeshift studio at home, uh, which was actually fine, to be honest. Like, probably sounded as good as this room. (laughs) It's got, like, it had a spare bed in it and got some, like, like soundproofing off Amazon and stuck it all up. And, uh, yeah, it actually worked quite well. But it was um, obviously frustrating paying for a studio rent that I wasn't using for two years. Um, but, uh, But in terms of actually being able to to make music it was it was fine working from home i mean i started working from home originally like i do a lot of stuff on headphones anyway and um yeah it really wasn't too too much of an issue for me it was actually quite nice like having a whole lot of free time um to make music and um like i love the touring side but a lot of the time it, it eats up such a massive portion of my time um sometimes the music making like i don't have as much time to do that so it was actually quite nice to focus on that. Did you feel a desire? To, I mean, did, uh, aside from touring, is there always a, a, a desire to create? And, and did you find that sort of having that that time where you couldn't go and, and, and DJ out or you couldn't go to the studio? Obviously, you touched upon the fact that you know you went a bit DIY and, and built your own home studio. But is it? Did you feel pressured? put pressure on yourself to utilize that time 
to create or was it something that just sort of happens you know because i know when when most people went i'm loading this question here um when we went into lockdown there was i think so many people had knee-jerk reactions to things i think as soon as we started to realize that oh hang on this isn't going to be back to normal in a couple of weeks this this could be you know we could be in this long haul i think anybody in the creative industries had that knee-jerk kind of like oh shit right i need to build a studio or i need to start doing live shows over zoom or, or creating mixtapes or, or whatever did you feel a desire to have to do it or did you you know kind of readjust and reset and then think right okay i'm, I'm in a headspace where i want to sort of get creative again yeah kind of uh kind of the opposite really like when when um lockdown first happened um i i've literally been flat out for for many years now and I don't feel like, like I've had breaks every now and then but there, it's never really a break because there's always so much going on that like I'm not complaining I, like, I love doing what I'm what I'm doing I'm so lucky to be in the in the position that I'm in um but at the same time it's it is very intense and there's never really a good time to to take a break so um when when the the pandemic struck uh I was like this is my this is my chance really to to switch off for a while and hit the reset button um and not uh not have to worry about anything really for a while so the first few weeks I just kind of took a mental break from uh from music which was really refreshing um and that lasted Lasted a few weeks, um, and then I started to get bored, and I was like, but, like, that's kind of my approach to music. Like, I like making music when um, when I feel inspired rather than trying to force something out and having a bad time. Like, I, I really need to be in the mood, and then that's when, that's when it's really natural and something good usually comes out of it. Um, so I was just like, I'm going to chill for a few weeks, and then... Uh, and then yeah, I got I got back into it really organically, and that was when I built the studio. Um, so I had a place to work, and uh, and yeah, it felt it felt really really fun, and I was doing it for myself. There wasn't really I didn't really have any uh, deadlines. I didn't have um, you know things I necessarily had to be doing, which I usually do. There's usually a single that needs finishing, or I'm working on an album, or or there's some um, some work that that there's a deadline to. So this was like making music with no no deadline no rules i made some just complete random stuff some really weird music um and some really cool stuff actually came out of it and um and there's a few things i'm going to be doing later this year that have come from i think probably having that freedom um and coming up with some some new ideas so uh yeah it was really it was really healthy for me i think great stuff well let's start your playlist and i'm going to ask you for track one to tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro please okay so i've gone for the circle of life by elton john the li- original lion king theme tune um i didn't I see actually, that one coming <laughs> i know <laughs> i actually i was i was uh doing this list with my girlfriend last night and we were going through a whole bunch of stuff i was like there's like some chic records that uh like have really nice like intricate string intros and and all this all this stuff and there was like i'm a big queen fan as well there's loads of queen tracks and then uh and then uh yeah circle of life came up on spotify as a recommended 
next track for something and I was like oh my god this is this is the one like you hear that you hear that intro the voice at the start of that song and instantly it just fills you with like joy and and emotion and that's what you want from an intro <clears throat> excuse me um and I feel like that does it so well um like you can play that song and within 20 seconds the whole room has a smile on their face do you know what I mean I feel like that's such a powerful thing so that's why I went for the circle of life love it love it this, this whole list is very random it's not really like on brand for me I mean Lion King's probably on brand actually um but yeah I just went I just went with stuff that like um that is kind of stuff that I'm I'm really into and kind of niche that's what this is about is. mate that's yeah. what this podcast is about um in regards to intro, um, for somebody that's had, you know, lots of chart success, I want to know how you approach songwriting, essentially the intro, and how much attention you pay to how audiences may consume music now, how rapid them thumbs may be on their listening device, you know, the the pressure to get on Spotify playlists, the pressure to get played on, on radio. Um, I just wonder, all of these kind of trends that, that, that exist in, in sort of getting your music out there to as many people as possible, how much of that interferes with the creative process of creating a record? Um... For me, like I love pop music. Like I, I'm making pop music because because I love it. Um, I've always I've always been into into pop music over over anything else. So I, <clears throat> I I welcome whatever is pop at the time. Um, at the moment, um, yeah, songs are getting shorter. <laughs> like you know, some big songs from from the last couple of years. Some of them have been like a minute, a minute thirty the kind of TikTok generation has yeah. um has influenced um you know music and uh and attention spans probably. Um there's a real trend at the moment of having your your chorus on the intro so that within, you know, the first five seconds you've you've given away basically the the climax of, of the song and you've sort of painted a picture of of uh of the song within the first few seconds um which is i think it's probably a very like radio um approach um and i'm i'm here for it man i uh i i just tend to go with the flow and um that's something i've kind of done anyway um since the beginning so um, yeah, I, I welcome it, man. Um, but yeah, intros, intros are tough. Like from a, from a sort of process, um, perspective, I usually do the intro last. Okay. Uh, that's the last thing, not at the end of the track, obviously. I mean, I last in the <laughs> process, um, because it's the, it is one of the hardest things to get right. Um, for me anyway, um, like the chorus is, is the main focus for me. Once I have a banging chorus, then I'll work or work backwards from there really. And like write some verses and then, and then the intro, um, 
the intro depends on depends on the verse and the, the chord structure and stuff whether you can start with the chorus chords or the verse chords or um or however it works but yeah the intro is is always the thing that comes right at the end um but it is probably one of the most important things but i find you you can't really you can't really do the intro without knowing what the rest of the track is going to sound like um or i can't anyway because it goes back to that thing of like you want to paint the picture of what the track is going to be at the start so you need to know small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because rustoleum's new custom spray five in one gives you control with five different spray patterns so you can tackle nooks crannies edges and curves without worrying about drips runs uneven coverage or anything else custom spray five and one only from rustoleum how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. What the track's gonna be. Um but yeah, times have definitely changed, man. Like when I when I put my first um couple of singles out, like they they were kind of it kind of even like extended edits or what would be considered an extended edit now. Like they started with like a kick drum and a vocal sample and, you know, a beat. And then that goes on for 16, 30 bars. And then, and then the chorus will come in or the verse or whatever. Um, and so that's definitely changed since, since I first started doing this, um, things have become uh, a lot shorter, a lot more straight to the point. Um, but I'm, I'm here for it, man. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm happy to do whatever, (laughs) whatever feels good. Okay. Well, we're going to take you back now for track two and I'm going to ask you, please to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. (laughs) Yeah. Um, this is a kind of stupid one as well. It was, um, Angel by Shaggy. (laughs) So like I was at primary school or something and I had a crush on, some girl and uh and i heard this song and uh i just became obsessed with it and i learned 
all the lyrics I had. It was the time of cassette tapes. Um, so I made my own cassette tape with Shaggy Angel on it about 50 times or however many could fit basically on, re- on repeat on this cassette tape. That's I effort. Wanted to, I wanted to learn all the lyrics because um, my best mate had learned all the lyrics and I was a bit jealous, so I was like, oh, I need to go home and do my research <laughs> on this tune that everyone's listening to. So, yeah, that was... Uh, that was uh, like I don't know why it was that tune, but I just got obsessed with it. Um, so yeah, but it was uh, it was it was because of uh, because of some girl. So there's the emotional attachment. Love it, love it. So where was where was home? Where was this all happening? So yeah, it was in. Uh, I'm from Norfolk originally. Um, I went to a school in in Reefham, uh, which is just outside of Norwich. And uh, yeah, that's where I grew up. I went to primary school and high school um both in reefham lovely little i think it's technically a village or a town but um really small um but really nice as well man like made some really good friends and uh and the school was the school was great what about home was 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 home musical um yeah it kind of was actually my parents weren't that musical but um, my grandparents all were. So whenever I'd go around to, to see my granddad, he had, um, he had an organ and, uh, I always used to jump on and, and he used to teach me, um, how to play that. And then my other grandparents, they were also into, um, keyboards as well and like keyboard players. And they used to go to, um, this like, I can't remember what it was called. It was some like keyboard festival where they'd go and they'd just watch like all these old boys play, you know, nice tunes on the keyboard. And, uh, they used to take me along. Um, so they're like the next generation were, were definitely, um, definitely very musical. So I think I got that from them. And then me and both my brothers, I've got an older and a younger brother. Um, we basically wanted to be like Hanson. Like we, we all, we all learned an instrument. <laughs> Like I was the keyboard player, my older brother was guitar, and then my uh, my younger brother played the drums. So yeah, we we that was our that was our kind of uh, goal to be in a band, but it didn't work out because we just argued too much as as uh, brothers do. And so all of this was happening at home. These these these, these jams and stuff like that. Parents literally had a drum kit in the house. Yeah, they... Uh, That's I think super they were, supportive, man. I know, it was lovely, man. Like, I, I really do owe my parents a lot for encouraging um, me to get into music. Um, I think they probably did it just to keep me out of trouble um, because we came from a very, very small village, uh, not Reef, and we were, we were just outside, like, basically just farmland and, and nothing else, really. So um, there wasn't a lot to do, and we'd just go out and cause trouble. So they... Uh, they thought it'd be um, good to get us learning an instrument and give us something positive to focus on. And it it really was, um, it really was great um, to do that. And I learned to play the keyboards and then they, like I just started getting obsessed with it and they realized I was really into it. So they got me some lessons and yeah, it was really nice, man. It was, it was good of them to, to encourage us to do that. Well, you mentioned learning there. Let's let's start on learning, um, and that tenuously brings us into track three, which is the song that reminds yeah. you of your time at school. Please, mate. So yeah, this is uh, throwback um, freestyler by Bomb Funk MCs. That was like the song that everyone had on their ringtones of their 
you know, crappy old Nokia phones or whatever it was back then. Um, that was my ringtone and uh, many of my friends. So, like, as soon as I hear that intro, it just fills me with nostalgia. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're diving back into my <laughs> to my past now. I, like, I had real fun making this list because it was, like, going back in time and... Uh, and listening to to loads of stuff that um that I used to love so it's yeah. still a banger that it is man yeah i think it's i think it's probably due a, a reboot remix yeah. or something like that yeah definitely definitely well how was school was that something you enjoyed um i i hated school to be honest um as probably most kids do um I was I was voted the class clown of of my year in our yearbook. <clears throat> so it's basically my my job was just to distract everyone and uh try and get a laugh. So I I did have fun in that respect, but um uh yeah, I really didn't didn't like I just I don't know, just didn't want to didn't want to do it really. Um but it was it was good man. I really can't complain like I had I had good friends. Um I was kind of like kind of friends with everyone um i didn't really have like a friend group as such um i just tried to get along with everyone and i was kind of the the funny guy so it was you know the bullies would leave me alone and yeah. uh and i'd hang out with the nerds as well because because they were good fun and yeah. do you know what i mean like every everyone um yeah it was uh it was it was decent but yeah i didn't i didn't really enjoy uh you know homework and all that stuff i didn't really st- I didn't really understand what the point of education was until I uh, went to university because um, that was the first time that I really it was it was on you know it was uh, it was my idea to go to uni and then it was like I felt like I was always being forced to go to school as every kid I'm sure does mm. but then uh, when it was my choice I was like okay I want to do this I want to smash it and uh, prove everyone wrong because. Um, you know teachers are mean man and they you know they say horrible things when you're when you're the class clown so yeah being the class clown and and uh, uh, junior school, senior school and junior school um aside from you know not particularly you know maybe being that interested in the, the academia side of things what what did you want to be um i I don't really know. Like I, I, in primary school, I didn't really have any idea. I I think I wanted to be a a tractor driver or or a plumber or something like that. Um, because that was kind of all I knew. And then, um, I went to, when I was in high school, I start, I did start getting really into music at that point. So, um, I joined a band, um, and we were playing like, uh, we were all obsessed with like Prince and Queen, um, Chili Peppers, like funk and and rock kind of stuff, um, and uh, and yeah, that was that was I think like when I sort of discovered my passion for music, um, yeah. And that's ambitious music. That's not like you're playing uh, a Nirvana cover. You know, you just mentioned Prince and the Chilies and and stuff like that. That's complex music. So were you all quite accomplished players at this point? Yeah, we um we we're all like had been playing music since we were very young. Um the the front man singer in the band was 
um, he he was actually born in London and he was really into music and then he he's uh, his mum moved him to Norfolk because um, she thought it would be a bit of a nicer place for him to grow up and uh, and we, when I met him we both had very similar music tastes like my parents were really into Queen um, so I was um, I was like always around that kind of music and soaking it up and when I met him we both had that in common and uh yeah we both like like I used to try and learn the Queen songs just by ear and like they're so complicated the the chords and the structure of the songs like they're really really intricate um so I think it was very good practice to to have them as as like our idols at the time 100% well Let's stay in the formative years for, for, for one more track, and I'm going to ask you uh, to tell me the first song that you remember buying from a record shop. So I don't think I ever bought a single, but I um, the first album I bought was called The Best Ibiza Anthems... Dot, 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 ever. Um, that came out in 1999, and uh, I must have been like, I don't know, 12... 12 13 around the time and um yeah that was that was kind of like my introduction to dance music like i'd been around dance music but i'd never really like consumed it or had my own um my own music to listen to so um i'd up until that point just heard my parents playing like motorhead and and queen and stuff um and uh yeah i discovered dance music through that album and that album has just so many bangers on it um so yeah that was like my my bible of 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 electronic music at the time give me a snapshot as to uh, a taste of what was on there yeah let me just google this i have the worst memory um okay Can you remember where you bought it? I can't remember. I'm sure it was just HMV yeah. um, in, in Norwich. Um, so, Basement Jacks, Red Alert, uh, Faithless, God is a DJ, um, Stardust, Music Sounds Better With You, uh, what's on there? Chemical Brothers, Hey Boy, Hey Girl. Um, oh, that is all killer. Fat Boy Slim, Rockefeller Skank. Like, that was my jam when I was a kid. Um I used to love that song. Uh, Dario G, Sunshine. These are some of my favourites. Fra- uh, Fragma, Toka Me. All that good stuff. Um, what else is on here? Sandstorm, I think, was on there. Like, just, just you know, that those big tunes. But uh, and obviously, at that point, you're, you're by ear learning how to play Queen songs and... And, and working at called changes that you know and and prince riffs which are you know really fucking complex yeah. when you heard all of that electronic music did the musician in you instantly try and deconstruct it and work out how it was put together was you already messing around with kind of uh, i don't know what the program would have been at that point but was you messing around with like sort of electronics and stuff i wasn't at this point and but until i heard that kind of music um that was the inspiration to kind of do it because um yeah you're right I, like the 
the sort of musician in me wanted to work out how these sounds were made and deconstruct them, like not in a musical way, but in a like um, production way. Like how are these how are these guys making these sounds and and how do I how do I replicate that? Um, so it was definitely uh, up until that point, I hadn't you know touched a piece of music software. Um, but that was definitely some inspiration for me to get into it. Um, but it took, it took me a while. Like, I just loved listening to it. And then, um, the first piece of software I downloaded was downloaded was called, um, Adobe audition. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern. That's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And, uh, yeah, I started making tunes on that, bringing them into school and playing them to my mates. And there was a, re- it was a really funny, uh, um, a really funny moment actually when, um, some kid in my, uh, younger brother's class, they all had this music, uh, music homework basically to go home, write a piece of music, bring it in and perform it. And the, and the teacher was going to record it and put it on a CD for everyone. And, uh, this kid, um, took in a bongo bongo drum and uh and sang this song um called halloween's night tonight from michael wright it was called and basically he played the song and it was just like him this little cute little kid on a bongo and uh my brother gave me the cd and i took his song and i remixed it it was like the first thing i'd ever done um like made a dance tune and uh, i remixed it and brought it into school and like within a week this kid was a legend. Like, <laughs> everyone had this tune on their phone. Like every, it was everyone's ringtone. Um, the guy was just like the most popular guy in school. He went from like basically somebody that no one really knew of to suddenly like this guy, you're Michael Wright. Do you know what I mean? It was so cool. And I didn't really take any credit. I just sat back, back and was just like, wow, this is powerful stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that was a really cool moment. So I kept doing that, and I kept making music and bringing it in and showing my friends and stuff. And it was really, it was a really nice process. Was you a confident kid? Um, yeah, I was. I think on the on the outside, but probably not um, not on the inside. Um, I, I I definitely think I acted up because I was just actually kind of just a shy, awkward kid and didn't really know how to socialize so yeah, i just yeah, yeah, acted yeah. like an idiot um yeah and i'm still very much that way <laughs> well let's move things forward a little bit for track five uh and can you tell me the song please that soundtrack your years clubbing 
Yeah, so um, I chose Kickstart by Example. Um, this was a tune that was on every single time I went out. I used to go out in Norwich and um, it was a club called Havana's or Havana, I think it was. I used to go out with my mates and this was the tune that everyone used to go mad for. Um, and uh, And I ended up buying or finding his album somewhere and um yeah i've just fell in love with that whole album and there was like elements of um like dubstep in there and house music and and it was all like in a pop kind of package and and that was something that i really um i really sort of respected and and liked so um yeah i feel like that was a very poignant kind of song from my years of clubbing what what were early sort of clubbing experiences about what was it as straightforward as you know some uh, some alka pops and, and and the local sort of city club and, and throwing yourself around with your mates or was there a yearning for more exciting clubbing um we didn't really know what else there was out there to be honest so it was just like um a place to socialize and there was like a group of us who would go out every friday night or, what, or Thursday, or whenever sort of student night was, um, and uh, yeah, we just we just hang out, listen to music. Um, we just used to dance like idiots as well. Like we literally would clear the dance floor. We'd have a competition of like who could basically act the fool, um, and uh, and yeah, it became quite a thing. And there was like a few of us that we used to bump into on a Thursday night and like we'd see them across the room and then we'd like have a dance off and just like be doing the, the weirdest dances you've ever seen. Um, so it's basically just like, uh, a place to just mess around and, and have fun. And, um, yeah. And the music was a, was a big part of that as well. Probably I wasn't like that, um, into sort of f- following music and discovering it at that time. I was just kind of soaking it all up and, um, I didn't even know what, like, what the DJ was doing. Like I hadn't, um, I hadn't really gone into the DJing side at this point. So I was just sort of like there to enjoy the music. Did you like attention? Uh, yeah, I think so. If it was the, if it was on my terms, um, if I was ever put on the spot and like, you know, do something funny or like, play the keyboards in front of these i would just go really shy and just be like no i can't do it but um but you, you're on... quite comfortable dicking around on the dance floor in front of like thousands of people don't you? yeah it was very weird <laughs> yeah very very weird um and yeah i still do it today i do my silly dances when i'm djing um just because you know it's good fun of course it is aside from confidence um you've you've entered into uh, an industry that's um very very difficult to reach the level of accomplishment and success that you've reached um so confidence aside then tell me about drive um yeah man uh just drive and persistence have definitely been a very important thing um and it's, it is a lot of hard work, man. Like, it doesn't happen overnight. It, I mean, it kind of does happen overnight when, you know, if you get lucky, you have uh, you have a break, you meet the right person, whatever it is. Like, those opportunities 
don't happen a lot, but they, they do happen. Um, but if you're not putting yourself in those situations and saying yes to things and um, preparing yourself for that moment, then it's it's pointless anyway. Um, like there was years and years and years of, of making music, making zero money. Like I was on the dole for a good couple of years um, when I finished university because I was, it was either that or give up music and move back to Norfolk. And I was like, I'd, I'm not giving up quite yet. So it was probably like probably three or four years after after leaving university that I was grinding and, and just making music every day and sending relentless emails to people and never getting replies and um, just tr- sort of like honing my craft and working out, trying to find a unique sound and all these things that um, basically just doing my homework really for when and if anything were were to happen and when it finally did i i'm i was lucky enough to have had that time before where i was prepared to to follow up on um on the success that i had with my my first single and i was able to make you know a second single um and yeah man like so much so much work goes into it and it's the same for every artist like um you know there's loads of artists that you just think oh they've just like you know appeared overnight and and like lucky them but it's really not that way like they've they've put in probably years of hard work to get to where they are and to um to stay there i know you didn't move back to uh to norwich but we're going to take you back uh for for this track and tell me uh, a favorite song from an artist from your home county please so i um this is quite difficult because I was Googling people from Norfolk and it's really, uh, it's not a big list. Um, I nearly went for Ed Sheeran because he's from Suffolk, which is like yeah. the neighbour of Norfolk. Um, but I didn't want to cheat cheat the game. So um, I went for, uh, I discovered that Roger Taylor from Queen was born in Norfolk. Really? Um, yeah, which is really cool. He's from Kings Lynn, um, which is pretty near Norwich where I'm from. And so I went for Queen Under Pressure, um, which he was one of the co-writers on, and obviously a absolute anthem, and um, yeah, one of my one of my all-time favourite songs as well. It's incredible on every le- every level that song, and the, the the fact that you've got not just the the wonder that that, that was Freddie Mercury's vocal, but <coughs> just adding if you could add more call. Cool, you throw David Bowie in there, and <laughs> know, it's yeah. like, come on. And the crescendo so of that record, yeah, when they're just literally spinning their voices around each other, it just, ah, oh, absolutely incredible record. Uh, but yeah. I, I've got to be honest, Head and Shoulders, my my favourite Queen track as well. I, I, I think it's a masterpiece. Oh, really? Record. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, amazing, I, man. I'm not a massive, massive Queen obsessive, and, uh, yeah. and, and needless to say, uh, Queen do get brought up a lot on this podcast. I've done like right. 370 episodes now, and I think for the intros question, <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody is probably the most commonly chosen one. I nearly chose it. I was like, <laughs> I can't, I can't. It's just kind of an obvious, obvious yeah, one. Absolutely. Um, right. I was like, I can't have too much Queen in there if I'm going to have. I was like. I could have a Queen song for every answer on this on this questionnaire. Love it, love it. And he's from your hometown. That's amazing. He's from Kings Lynn. That's crazy. Yeah. I never knew that. Right. 
last track, and this is when you get to be uh, DJ Tastemaker, or as the, 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 the kids call it, influencer these days. A song that you think many people may not know that you want them to hear. I've done a complete cop out and just chosen my are. own song. <laughs> Why not? Do it. Uh, I said Melody Sigala. My new single, it's not been out very long. It's only been out for how long now? Two, two weeks, three weeks. Um, so if people haven't heard it, I would love, I'd love for you to hear it. Um, it's a song I'm really proud of. And, uh, I feel like it really sums up where I am musically right now. It's a feel good tune. Um, yeah. And it kind of marks the start of, um, what's going to be a busy year for me. I've got loads and loads of new music coming out this year and, and an album, um, over the summer. So yeah, this song is the first of many this year. So I thought I would do a shameless plug and pop that in. Wonderful. Well, we, <laughs> we put together a Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast so nice. people can uh, go and listen to all of the tracks that we've spoken about today. And Sigala, thank you so much for giving up your time today to talk records. And Pleasure. Uh, all the best for the single. Good luck with the album this year. And, uh, yeah, enjoy getting back out there and, and enjoying the fruits of the freedom that hopefully we're going to get to sustain in 2022. 100%, man. Thank oh. you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, man. There you go. Thank you very much, Sagala. Told you, curveballs. Absolute curveballs. Who saw the Lion King coming? I didn't. Um, hope you enjoyed that chat. Um, thanks ever so much for listening and supporting uh, as mentioned at the beginning, go check out the back catalogue. Uh, you want to get involved in a Patreon, please do that. Um, there's merch, there's all sorts of stuff. And rather than sort of go all these different places to find the socials and etc., your one-stop shop is off the beat and trackpodcast.com. Go check it out. In the meantime, be excellent to each other. I'll see you next time. Much love. Bye-bye. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Give me Stu Whipping. Eat a book.